From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The Alaska Department of Transportation said Thursday that the Montana Creek Bridge, located beyond the Hank Harmon Rifle Range in Juneau, is closed to vehicle traffic until further notice. Pedestrian access remains open but could be closed if the bridge's condition worsens. DOT spokesperson Sam Dapsevich said the bridge was closed due to its degrading condition and damage from heavy weather events. He said they are evaluating options for repair. It is uh, closed to vehicle traffic due to its degrading condition and damage from some of these heavy weather events, heavy rainfall events. We had our bridge team go out and take a look at it, and they advised that uh, it's not considered safe for vehicle traffic or off-road vehicle traffic. So we're keeping it open for foot traffic, but closing it for vehicle traffic. Department of Transportation spokesperson Sam Dapsevich. The City and Borough of Juneau Docks and Harbors Operations Committee moved, with unanimous consent, an item dealing with the development of the Seadrome in downtown to the full board on Wednesday evening. The committee heard a presentation regarding Gold Belt Seadrome development plan by Steve Salender, vice president of the Gold Belt Alaska Group. Gold Belt plans to convert the Seadrome building in downtown Juneau to a small cruise ship dock. Gold Belt wants to take the Seadrome and create a new small cruise ship terminal. <clears throat> this plan also aligns with the cruise ship infrastructure master plan of 2021. The first step is getting the land appraisal done. The land isn't really conducive for a new building without the restructure of the land that CBJ owns or Docks and Harbors and Gold Belt. Gold Belt is proposing that a new three-story facility be built at the Corporation Seadrome building. The dock would accommodate yachts and small cruise ships of up to 273 feet. Part of the property will also be modified into expanded parking and staging. An appraisal survey comes next. We need an appraisal survey done to figure out the values. Um, we talked about demolishing the building and uh, creating parking space in the small cruise ship terminal um, and dock, along with docks and harbors, figuring out those appraisals and the transfer of items. Since the ownership in parcels of the property is mixed between Gold Belt and the city, Port Director Carl Yucatel said that will need to be resolved. The size and value of the parcels need to be determined. I, th I think right now we went acreage for acreage. I think once we do the value for value, um, I'm not sure how much that'll shift to Gold Belt or how much it'll shift to CBJ because we haven't got the appraisal of the value sure. of the land. And I think... Um, we can assume that the tide land is going to be less than the upland. So if CBJ had um, enough upland, it, it might balance out because the tide land would be lesser value than the, than the uplands. And so we're asking for some a tide land piece, which would have lesser value. The item will move to the full Docks and Harbors board. Juno Deputy City Manager Robert Barr appeared on the KINY Morning Show to speak about a number of topics yesterday morning. He provided an update on COVID vaccinations in the borough. We're still uh, vaccinating in public health uh, with the um, uh, vaccines that we have right now, uh, which continue to be kind of the original original type, um, but those continue to be effective at preventing severe disease and poor outcomes, so we still do uh, continue to urge people to get their primary series if they haven't yet. Um, and uh, get boosters as well. 
A series of boosters is set for release in the fall, he said. As far as the the new uh, vaccine boosters go, we're still anticipating that those are going to be released sometime in September. Um, again, pending those FDA and CDC meetings, but that seems to be the target date. We're anticipating that initially those will be available to people ages 12 and up, but we think there will be another release shortly thereafter, maybe a month or two later. Barr added that some city meetings, to include the assembly, will be shuffled this month. The Monday, uh, August 22nd, regular meeting has been canceled, although we'll still have a human resources meeting that night. Um, And a good chunk of what was going to be on the 22nd agenda is going to happen at a special meeting uh, on August 29th. Um, And then that's, we were going to have a committee of the whole meeting on August 29th. That instead is going to be replaced by a joint meeting with the Planning Commission. Um, The Assembly likes to have joint meetings. It's important for them to have joint meetings with their uh, boards and commissions, and they, they, they can squeeze one in here, so we're doing that, um, and we'll shift those committee of the whole topics back until the next one. And then after all of that sort of meeting shuffling happens, we should be back to our regular schedule. The state and borough are currently engaged in paving and other road work, Barr explained. We've got a couple going on, and so does state DOT. So I think people are more likely to notice and and be impacted by construction zones for the DOT projects because they they generally serve the larger larger streets. So they've got two going on right now: one on Mendenhall Loop Road, uh, and another one in Lemon Creek on Glacier Highway. I'm sure people have already noticed those, but those will be um, continuing and ongoing through October. Uh, especially at the Mendenhall Loop Road project, the uh, state and the contractor, Seacon, are, are um, really focusing on doing the majority of the road closures and the road limiting in the evening hours to impact people the least. Barr spoke to the construction the borough was engaged in. We are doing some paving in the middle of the valley in the neighborhoods, Aspen Avenue and Wood Duck Avenue. Um, that will be finishing up this weekend. So um, good to always be aware of those construction zones when you're, when you're passing through and take it slow. Juno Deputy City Manager Robert Barr appearing on the KINY Morning Show. Juno Representative Andy Story said she is closely monitoring the state elections and is hopeful that there will be a coalition majority in the state House and Senate in the next legislative session. She spoke to that on Action Line. Mostly looking at House races, of course, and uh, feel really important, and many people are saying that this was sort of a idea of how people in different districts were feeling about who they'd like to represent them. And so I think people are developing their um, areas they need to visit with people more. Uh, and of course, uh, I have just, there's a lot of good people running across the state. Story was asked for her thoughts on the new open primary system. I know people have a lot of different feelings about it, but I do know Alaskans have a wide variety of opinions, and so I think it's given people a longer time to look at the candidates now because it just hasn't eliminated people totally uh, just uh, party-picking their candidates. So I would like to think that Alaskans are really going to... Uh, appreciate this process because it does give us a few more months to get to know all our candidates better and I think that's really important. Story said she is still hopeful of a coalition house in the next session. So the people who are coming to 
Juno next year, again, we have to be willing to uh, balance the services that we need, the size of our permanent fund dividend, and protecting our permanent fund because, again, the price of oil goes up and goes down. And we, in order to have business investing, people know their schools are well um, serving their kids. All these pieces need to come together. And I'm really hoping, again, people are checking out their candidates and sending people to Juno who are going to work well together. And I think that really happens in a bipartisan, tripartisan coalition. And I'm encouraged by the Senate. Um, I think uh, no matter which way it goes, I think there's going to be much more looking for a bipartisan uh, coalition in the Senate, too. Juno Representative Andy Story. The Federal Emergency Management Agency has developed a new strategy to better engage with hundreds of Native American tribes facing climate change-related disasters. The agency announced plans yesterday to include the 574 federally recognized tribal nations in discussions about possible future dangers from climate change. FEMA has earmarked $50 million in grants for tribes pursuing ways to ease burdens related to extreme weather. FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell says tribal communities across the country are facing increased threats as a direct result of climate change from changing sea levels to more floods and wildfires. Meanwhile, renewable energy incentives in the climate bill signed by President Joe Biden are expected to drastically reduce overall U.S. emissions. But some analysts say the legislation will also boost oil and gas companies, offsetting at least some of the emissions reductions. The legislation mandates several oil and gas lease sales. It also locks renewables and fossil fuel together for 10 years. So if the Biden administration wants solar and wind, it must first offer new oil and gas leases. Economists project that the measure could result in more planet-warming carbon dioxide from U.S.-produced oil and gas by 2030, even as more of that fuel gets exported. Juno School Resources Officer John Kreiderman spoke on the D.A.R.E. program in schools while a guest on Action Line. He said his first class starts today. So we, the D.A.R.E. program really emphasizes uh, dealing with stress, peer pressure, identifying risky situations, and understanding consequences from those. Um, good communication skills, how to show somebody that you're listening how to deal with bullying, and not being afraid to reach out to help or asking for help or offering help, and just really driving how important it is to look out for yourselves and others and being a good citizen all at the same time. And so my first D.A.R.E. class uh, will start this Friday, actually. Mm -hmm. um, as of right now, I, I am still the only school officer full-time for the department. And with the volume of elementary schools, I try to divide it into two sections based on semester. So I'll get some of the schools in the fall semester and then next in the winter and spring semester. Kreiderman explained that the program's focus has shifted. There have been some changes based on trends and law changes and stuff like that. A big example is the legal age to purchase tobacco and vaping products and stuff. Mm. And with the legalization of marijuana as well, uh, there's been some uh, conversations about that and just pointing out that, you know, it's still not safe uh, for people of a certain age and it's uh, illegal for people of a certain age. 
when I took Dare um, myself uh, um, way, way long ago, um, the program was significantly different. Uh, there was a lot more focus on individual drugs and stuff like that. Um, I, I remember being almost maybe 15, 16 lessons. Right now it's 10. And I would say that the program now is definitely more driven towards what they are likely to experience and encounter when it comes to stress and peer pressure. And He was asked what his, his thoughts are of the D.A.R.E. program. Um, I think having those, those critical thinking about situations that they may encounter or even if they hear about their friends going through or hear rumors about people going, going through, it kind of helps them realize that this happened to somebody my age. What if it happens to me? What am I going to do? And that's kind of the perspective that I try to get them to think about and phrase it as, just so that they are aware that it can be around them or affect them in some way. Maybe not directly, but through somebody they know or they hear stories about it. And I believe that it is a critical life skill um, for you know developing into teenagers and even into adulthood is being able to recognize the situation and making an informed decision about it. Juno School Resources Officer John Kreiderman. A warning for Apple device users. ABC's Daria Albinger explains why. If you have an Apple iPhone, iPad, or Mac, you may notice that you need to update your software. Don't put it off. Charge up your device and download it now. The company suggests you do it as soon as possible, saying up-to-date software is your best defense against what it's describing as serious vulnerabilities. Apple says out-of-date software could make it easier for hackers to take complete control of the devices. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.